So welcome to this 10 Minutes On, a joint public issues team podcast. And uh, today I'm joined by Steve Tinning, who is the public issues enabler for the Baptist Union of Great Britain and the Baptist representative on the joint public issues team. Uh, I'm Dave Hardman, and I am the Methodist team leader for the joint public issues team. And we're having a conversation today after the um, horrific events that we have seen in the news yesterday of 27 refugees drowning in the channel. Um, Steve, just firstly, you know, what's your initial response and, and the emotions when you see news reports like that? It's, it, thanks for having this conversation, Dave. It, it's, it's completely devastating. I, I, cannot, I cannot express the, the depth of tragedy and emotion that I felt as I was watching the news and, 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 and uh, yesterday evening's news night that covered the issue so well. The, the loss just feels so unnecessary. And, you know, it was predictable and it could have been prevented. And uh, the thing that I found hardest, if I'm really honest with you, is that the sort of sentiments being expressed of sympathy uh, from the Home Secretary, from our Prime Minister, from French officials that felt so hollow when you look at the, um, the policies and the, and, the, and the enactments that that those authorities are are pursuing you know the french authorities are tearing down tents they're confiscating sleeping bags they're preventing ngos from providing food and water and aid to these uh to these dispossessed and and, and vulnerable asylum seekers and then they're on the news saying how sorry they are that they've that they've lost their lives at sea when they're, they're they're not doing anything to support them in their own country and then in the uk you know our government are bringing in this nationality and borders bill that is affectionately being referred to as an anti-refugee bill because it's trying to criminalize those that are forced to travel by um by these irregular routes um you know because to be frank they don't want them here and then we hear the sentiments of people saying that they're sorry to hear of the loss of life and point the finger in the direction of of people smugglers who are of course you, you know completely culpable for all of this they're, they're selfish they're greedy they, they show a wanton disregard for the lives of the most vulnerable but they're not the only ones you know our own government and our own officials have to take some responsibility for this tragic loss well, I, I mean, as you as you know, Steve, my, my daughter works for Care for Calais, and I, and so I, I've been hearing stories all the time she's been there, um, and you know, just I think for me yesterday just highlighted the the fact that you know we we've we've not wanted to hear the stories about the fact that these human rights are being denied uh, to uh, asylum seekers in France, not you know not being given uh, food and, and water and things that they they need and. But last night, you know, you suddenly see this and yeah, that sense of hearing people saying, you know, saying how, how dreadful this is when actually what we need is some good policy that can actually protect people who, yeah. you know, ma majority of people are looking for a safe place to be um, because they're, they're, they're coming from places of persecution and violence and threat to to livelihoods and to life and and actually 
you know, what I want to see is 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 a government that will actually recognise that we need to do the right thing and provide shelter. Yeah, we, we have that responsibility. The government's own statistics recognise that the majority of people that are making these crossings are worthy of our support because they are recognised as asylum seekers and end up either at first hearing or on appeal um, being given granted asylum and humanitarian protection. And you sort of think when your own statistics recognise that the majority of these people are worthy of our support and care, why is it that you're doing everything in your power to put up barriers to prevent them from coming back? And, and, and for me, you know, just hearing you speak there, just some of those things coming through about caring, compassion, you know, there's a real sense for me, this is, this is our, our Christian responsibility. Um, you know, th this is what our gospel tells us that we should be doing. And, you know, and I think we as Christians in this country should really be trying to uh, change the narrative uh, that is allowing our politicians to appear to be able to get away with, <laughs> Uh, you know, the double thing that you were thinking, you, you're sort of identifying, you know, lamenting the loss of life, but yet actually not doing anything to make the safe passage for people uh, a reality. I, I think that's absolutely right. And I, and I think it's really important to address this because there are Christians around the country who are, who share some concerns that are being expressed in the media around how many people are coming and, and, and whether it's more than we can manage and all of that sort of thing. I would just urge you if, if you find yourself in that camp I'm not here to to condemn you or to put you down but just do your research find out the truth of how many we're bringing in because it is far fewer than the vast majority of, of countries in a similar economic position to us across the world across Europe and then when you look at scripture and you're faced with let me just give you four or five short readings Dave Leviticus 19, the foreigners residing among you must be treated as citizens, as native born. Love them as you love yourself because you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. I mean, when you hear things like that, when it's basically trying to say, treat them as if they were your neighbours, as if they were one of you. And then you look at our legal system to a, a state that treats them with deep suspicion says that they have no choice over where, where they find shelter. They have no right to work. They're expected to live on £5.66 per day. That is not how we treat our neighbours. That is not how we would treat British citizens. And, and yet it's there in our scripture. Deuteronomy 19 tells us to use our ties to feed and support foreigners in need. And then when you get into the New Testament, it just gets even stronger. You know, this favourite passage in mind, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers for by doing so, some have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. We are not treating these people as if they are angels and we should be. Believe me, I've I do work with refugees locally and asylum seekers locally, and they are every bit as much a blessing to me as, as I am to them. It is, I see something of the divine in them. And then, of course, Matthew 25. Let me read the verses from 42 and 43. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. That is the context in which we find ourselves as Christians. Are we going to side by those who say we do not want to invite in strangers as if they're angels, as if they're Christ himself? Or are we going to advocate for them and show real Christian compassion and solidarity with the vulnerable and the poor?
I just want to say amen, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm not being facetious about that, you know, but, but actually, yeah, you know, there, there we have it, isn't it? This is, this is what God is saying to us. This is what yeah. God is saying to us today about, um, you know, I was, I was just about to say refugee crisis then. This is not, this is not a crisis mm-hmm. for, for us. This is a crisis for those people that need to find somewhere safe. Yeah. And, and actually we, we are called and, and you've, you know, just with a few of those passages made it very, very clear. And, and I suppose, you know, that I know for many of us as Christians, we, we well, yeah, you know, and we're almost like we're, we're like the goats, aren't we? Well, we we would do it. We would do it when when we yeah. you know, when when we would when, if we saw you, Lord, we, we would do it. Oh. And, we, and we've got we've got to we've got to say to ourselves, we are seeing it now. We are, yeah. you know, everything we hear about immigration, about yeah. asylum seekers, <clears throat> we we have got to recognise that you know that verse about possibly entertaining angels or Jesus actually saying, look. When you when you did this, you did it to me, uh, yeah. and that that is our calling to serve to serve yeah. Christ. And, but and, and and if you can't see them, it's because you're not opening your eyes to see them. It's right in front of you. If only you would see them the way Christ sees them. But but, uh, but then I suppose the other question is: we've mentioned the nationalities and borders bill. Obviously, mm. that's um, you know going to be having its reading in um, in in the Commons at, at the beginning of December. Yeah. Um, you know. I mean, what's our Christian duty in terms of what we say to our policymakers, to those people that uh, represent us in Parliament? It is being used as the sort of um, the solution to this. This is what our, our Home Secretary was saying on the news yesterday. We are uh, we are reforming our asylum system and the Nationality and Borders Bill is going to resolve this. It is just not going to do that. It is an immoral piece of legislation that needs us as Christians to stand up against it for all sorts of reasons that we can't go to in this 10 minute slot. But but essentially, it wants to criminalise asylum seekers that are forced to take these these um, these irregular routes. And so there are a number of things that we are trying to advocate for you to do to, to create orange hearts in solidarity with a campaign that's being led by Together with Refugees and to post them on social media. You can send them to us and we'll post them out there just to remind the government and wider society that that they do not speak for us when they say that they don't want to uh, welcome people here. There's, a, a, I believe, a template letter that you can adapt and use to write to your to your MP to counter some of the arguments that's being used to push this nationality and borders bill through. Obviously, if you've got your own story to share, it's far more personal, far more important that you share things from your heart, but we'll support you in any way we can. Uh, to do that. If you're a faith leader, there will come a time soon, we hope, when we'll be able to um, to write a letter to the to the government around this as well. And, and please do keep your eyes peeled for that. And obviously pray. Like I really, it's in the midst of challenges like this, where I, I start to sort of wonder what what strength we have to make a difference and then I'm reminded of the God that I serve that is all powerful and can 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 perform miracles and can change the hearts of of those who whose hearts are hard and so please just pray, pray for those that are suffering pray for those that are still in France and all across Europe looking for for support and help and pray for our government that they will change their heart and their attitude and their mind and and respond in compassion Steve, thanks so much for taking the time uh, to, to chat with me today. Um, just to underline 
If you want to find out more about the Nationalities and Borders Bill and the ways in which you can get involved in uh, the campaign, then head, head across to www.jointpublicissues.org.uk and, uh, and search Nationalities and Borders Bill and the, there will be information up there. Um, but uh, thanks again for taking time to listen to this 10 minutes on and uh, I'm sure you will join us in praying for a change and uh, in praying for a country that welcomes those that are in need.